The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married, they were given in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, as it was in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day when Lot went out from Sodom, fire and brimstone rained from heaven and destroyed them all. So will it be on the day when the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, let him who is on the housetop with his goods in the house not come down to take them away. And likewise, let him who is in the field not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever seeks to gain his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life will preserve it. I tell you, in that night there will be two men in one bed, one will be taken and the other left. There will be two women grinding together, one will be taken and the other left. And they said to him, Where, Lord? He said to them, Where the body is, there the eagles will be gathered together. The Gospel of the Lord. So many strange and interesting details in today's Gospel. Just to put it in context again, what has happened is the Lord has healed those, uh, le the lepers, the ten lepers, and then afterwards, the Pharisees have come to him with the question about the kingdom of God. And so they found this to be strange about Christ is because he is constantly preaching about a coming kingdom. And yet in the years that they've seen him now with his ministry, he's done nothing to set up this temporal kingdom that they expect. He hasn't kind of accumulated to himself warriors and soldiers and a military power. He hasn't slowly increased uh, the dignity in the way that he dressed. He still dresses simply and humbly. He isn't extravagant in any way. He doesn't appear to be royal in any way that is earthly. And so they come to him and they ask him about the kingdom of heaven. And he points out the, interest, the, the, the principle of the kingdom of heaven, which is that it is not something that is seen by bodily eyes. It is something that is interior. As it said in that uh, that reading as we've been following the book of wisdom, what it said before as well is that wisdom passes from soul to soul in every generation. So it's this interior kingdom that the Lord is speaking about. But also it's that uh, to be judging these interior things, these hidden things, uh, because then you could say, well, then how can people know them if they are hidden? And so what we have in the first reading today, uh, also from the book of wisdom, is that no one can be ignorant of God when you look at creation. When you look at creation, you have to see the wisdom and the intelligence of its design. So nowadays, especially in our, in our current culture where so much trust is put in the faith of our own human sciences, most especially physics, very often what you will get um, from uh, that type of study, so we know that physics is the study of the nature and the principles of uh, matter and energy, right? 
And so what sometimes happens is that when you ask for an explanation of the universe from physicists, they'll say, well, that's physics. It's physics that holds it all together. It's their own study that they project in as the cause of what they are actually studying. It's similar, it's always kind of made me laugh. It would be similar to taking up, let's say, one of Shakespeare's great works and then studying it as uh, according to literature. And then when someone said to you, well, what's the cause of this book? You said, well, it's all of these words that have deep meaning and they're all stringed together in a particular way. Like that's definitely not the cause of the book. But that's the same of what happens today when people say, well, it's physics. Physics explains all of these things that have happened. It's a ridiculous argument. And so again, we know that when we read Shakespeare, there is a Shakespeare, right? And when we look at creation, there is a divine creator. There is an order that can only come from an intelligent creator, an intelligent design. And the order is apparent when you look at the marvels and the wonders of creation. And so what we see in the first book of wisdom today is that uh, no one is exempt from actually perceiving God in his creation. And so while these things are hidden, there are signs that can also reveal not only God himself, but also the mysteries of his kingdom. There are signs that can come to us. And so as we then move into the gospel for today, when Jesus is speaking to his disciples about his second coming, his coming in glory, he gives first and foremost those examples of Noah and Lot, whose actions, both Noah and Lot, when they were doing them, either leaving the city or building the ark, were perceived foolishness by all of those around them because their actions appeared to lack evidence, evidence or at least empirical data for why are you doing these things? Why would you build an ark when there is no need for the ark in this place? And so we know that they are acting according to God's word, the creator himself. They do these things according to God's word. And while their actions appear to be foolish in the eyes of men, it is their actions that end up saving them. Acting according to God's will and to his word is their salvation. So also for the church today, while the church appears as all of these sciences become more advanced, as everything advances, uh, advances in certain inverted commas um, in our culture, so also then religion and, and, and the worship of God is looked on as something more and more foolish. This is something that we have created, but it's not necessary. That's how the world perceives it. But it is again, it is that we are in the ark, that we are part of this body that is the church, that is our salvation, that is the salvation for eternity. And we do these things not because of any uh, earthly power, but we do them because God himself has revealed these things to us through his son. And we take and we believe his son in that revelation and we then order our life according to the revelation and truth that comes from Christ, which is that there is a judgment that comes for human action. And this judgment is not simply a legal judgment and civil. This judgment is from God over all of the actions and movements of every human person, even down to the subtle movements of the heart. And so it is this judgment that we look forward to, that we are looking towards, but that we also then structure and order our life according to preparing ourselves for that judgment. And so then what the Lord says, he gives other interesting things that happen. He says, so will it be on the day when the Son of Man is revealed. The same type of principles that we see for Noah and for Lot. 
And then what the church fathers have is some interesting commentaries on that next, the next few lines. It says, on that day, let him who is on the housetop with his goods in the house not come down to take them away. St. Ambrose and St. Augustine have the most beautiful, in my opinion, commentaries on this section of the gospel. They say that what it is to be on the housetop, away from the goods of the interior of the house, is someone who has left all carnal things behind and has moved up and dwells in the spiritual life. St. Augustine has a beautiful line. He says, to stand on the housetop is to leave the carnal things behind and breathe in the fresh air of spiritual life to stand up there and breathe in the interior, the hidden life, and to put our focus on the hidden life over and above all of the other things of this earth, the hidden life with God, the life with his grace. And that in times of trial, what the church fathers say, in times of trial, not to be tempted to turn back and to go to the comforts of this, of this world, the things of this world, the so-called security of this world, but in times of trial and difficulty, most especially to keep our eyes fixed on God and to remain in that spiritual life first and foremost and not turn back to the things that have been left behind. And it is the same for the one as the gospel says, as the Lord says, likewise, let him who is in the field not turn back. Let those who are already laboring for the kingdom not turn around to the things that they have left behind. He says, remember Lot's wife. When she has left the city, she turns back to look and she has turned to a pillar of salt. One of the church fathers says that she loses her nature. She loses her very nature. And that's what happens to us in sin. When we turn back to the things of this world, we lose what is the perfection of our nature. We start to can give ourselves over to the passions and to other things, and we become more like beasts than human persons. And the Lord desires to keep our eyes, that we keep our eyes fixed on him and move towards that perfection so that we actually fulfill our nature and that our nature reaches its perfection. Then he has these other interesting lines where you have the two examples, two on a bed and two working, two at the millstone together, right? And so what the church fathers say is that this represents, so this shows that the coming of Christ, again, is not about simply the exterior things that people are doing. It is about interior things. One will be taken, another left. So what is the judgment there of these different people? Because they appear to be doing the same thing, whether they are in bed or whether they are working together at the millstone. Again, it is not an exterior judgment, but an interior judgment that is beyond our sight and is for the judge himself. One will be taken, another will be left. And so it is for us to prepare that interior so that we are the ones taken with Christ, that his life is in us by grace, and that when he comes, he knows that we are his own because we have chosen to be his own. We have lived a life in accordance with his commandments, and we have become worthy by his grace of entering into heaven with him for all eternity. Lastly, this line from the gospel is very powerful. It is again one of my favorites because of its interpretation by the church fathers, especially by St. Ambrose. And they said to him, where, Lord? So where are these souls taken when they go? And he says to them, where the body is, there the eagles will gather. Very profound. Sometimes it gets mistranslated. Sometimes it says where the body is, there the vultures will gather. The word in the Greek is eagles. And eagles seek 
live prey, not dead prey. And so one of the church, that St. Ambrose's commentary on this, he has multiple levels to the commentary. The one, as he says, it has Eucharistic connotations. Those who are drawn to Christ himself, brought to Christ, where the body is, the eagles will gather. And what he means by that is he says, the souls that are already up in the spiritual life, the souls that are in grace, the higher souls, the souls that love God and soar above the things of this earth, they gather to wherever the body is. And so for us, we take great comfort and consolation that we know where Christ is and we gather to him in adoration and to the mass. But also it is to do with the church. Where his body is, there the eagles will gather to be a part of his mystical body, the church, to be gathered to him in that mystical body and to be gathered to him in reality and by grace so that we are truly a part of this body. And lastly, he gives the example of this at the foot of the cross. When Christ is there on the cross, where the body is, the eagles gather, the highest souls, Our Lady, St. John, St. Mary Magdalene, these souls that seek only to be near Christ. On the morning of the resurrection, they go again to his body. They keep returning to the Lord and seeking him. And so for us, this is the example that we should live out in our life, where the body is, namely Christ, present, truly, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the blessed sacrament, that we continually gather ourselves to him in adoration. Amen.